you're listening to the series of movies. My name is Colin. I'm the C. Uh, joining me again from a distance uh, is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. Um, yeah, how is self isolating? We are essentially running this non essential podcast. We are running this uh, absolutely, I think, essential podcast. I had to disagree with you. <laughs> um, as I, I, I say, as I said last time, we, we always record this, or permission was record this from um, opposite sides of the country, but I feel that we need to tell our listeners at these times that we're not breaking all the, the, the government rules by meeting up to record. We are. For all you we know, are, we are housemates, Colin. You know, still work. <laughs> I wonder what that sound was. <laughs> uh, I thought I lived alone, but no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I live in your basement, Colin. All right, that's weird. I didn't even know I had a basement. That's a, yeah, that you know of, yeah. This, ex- this explains a lot. Um, <laughs> it's it's a beautiful sunny day here in Bristol. Uh, I've been for my 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 daily state mandated exercise, uh, which is very pleasant. Um, yeah, otherwise socialization. I'm doing a lot of stuff on Zoom. Uh, I spent much of last week creating a, a video, uh, stuck in stuck in with nothing to do, a song to the to the tune of "Stuck in the Middle with You." Yep, I saw uh, that. I had a lot of fun doing that. Yep, your career will skyrocket from there. That's fine. Um, check it out on YouTube, everyone. It's if you search for that. And then <laughs> Stop trying to like... promote all your stuff on here. <laughs> if I can't do it here, I can't do it. Um, yeah, the, the madness is being held at bay. Uh, fortunately, Z, unfortunately, my favorite podcast did a whole episode on uh, things I could watch during the lockdown. Mm. Who, which favorite podcast is this? It was this podcast. Uh, <laughs> you remember our last episode? You yep. remember. A little bit, yeah. Uh, how are you coping with self-isolation? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, I'm, I'm getting used to it, which is probably I'm more unnerving than it should be. Yeah, I, I don't want to get used to this, but I am. I think it's going to be weird when it all stops and we're allowed to will. you know, be within two meters of people again. I know, be... I know. Even even easing of any restrictions would be weird. Yeah, I might yeah. just stay at home anyway. I might get a haircut. Oh, yeah. I shaved off my beard uh, yesterday, you know. Yes, I did. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. some people grow a beard in self isolation. I went, I went the other way. And you shave it off. Take it all off. My brother's cut his own hair. He's reached that stage of self isolation. Wow, I don't think I'll ever reach that stage. I mean, yeah, I'd rather it be done by someone who's not me. Yeah, I got. I was lucky, I guess, that I got mine cut shortly before lockdown. So I've got a good, good few months I can survive. Mm. Um, the reason we're padding this out, listeners, is partly because I'm sure you're fascinated by our, our lockdown lives, but also because there's no movie news, really, is there? No, not really. Not, not a lot. Um, so we, we, we theoretically start with the, the news segment every time. Uh, do you have any news at all, Zija? Before we start, I'm quite surprised you didn't shout out Holy Saturday Batman on this podcast. I do love doing that, um, although because the podcast doesn't come out till Wednesday... <laughs> It might be. So uh, for people who are familiar with the Christian calendar, uh, the, the Saturday between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, um, which is today for us, it's called Holy Saturday. And every year on Facebook, I put Holy Saturday Batman as oh, my Facebook status. And it, it remains hilarious. Is it? Does it? It does remain hilarious. I think it's, oh, I don't know, 13, 14 years I've been doing this. So <laughs> it's still great. People are just giving you likes because they feel sorry for you. <laughs> I'll take them. I'll take the pretty likes. <laughs> well, right. um, my first bit of mo- um, movie news is that I've got new release dates for Marvel. Oh, yeah. Well, basically everything's been pushed back one. So Black Widow is now due to be released in November 6th. Hey, um, was... out of interest, Zijan, uh, oh. how old will you be when that gets released? Old enough. <laughs> I, 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 want a, I want a specific number. If you don't old want. enough to what? <laughs> I think I think you'll be 35, Zijan. 
And do you know how old I'll be when that's released? Definitely old enough as well to not ask this kind of questions. <laughs> I'll be 34, a youthful 34. <laughs> it's that sweet spot of every year. It's way too early to come up with that joke though, Colin. We're running, we'll be running out of material by the time October time. Well, you may or may not uh, watch uh, Black Widow then, which is close to your birthday, but not on your exact birthday. Yep. <laughs> uh, as a birthday present yeah, it depends on how the quarantine goes and how you know lockdown is going to happen I I'm, mean, hope, I'm hoping I mean to be honest if, if there's still lockdown they'll just push it back again won't they but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we'll be out by November me too me too well Mulan suppose is due in like July or something so okay. uh, there you go so they'll be taking the eternal spot the eternals is, is pushed back to February 2021 Shang-Chi will be on May 2021 uh, Morbius which is technically not Marvel but it's Sony and tight. Actually, the first Sony film, which has links and directly connects to the Marvel Universe, is in Pardon March 2021. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange is in November 2021. So we're going to have a lot of superhero films next year, which is good, given that we only have one this year from Marvel, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, and then, oh, there's not even four, because Spider-Man 3 is apparently in July 2021 as well. And that, so. that's not moved, has it? That's so, definitely not moved. Sony have kept that one... Um, because they, yes, another Sony uh, Marvel production. Uh, I have two questions, um, uh-huh. which you won't be able to answer. <laughs> um, okay, good, good, good uh, that you are choosing me to ask the yeah. questions too. Yeah, um, so the the Disney Plus series, uh, a lot of them were supposed to kind of tie in with the MCU. Does that mean they're all going to be pushed back like three months, six months, whatever else? Uh, so, for example, Doctor Strange was supposed to tie into One Division. Uh, does that mean that they're all going to be shifted around as well? Knows. Well, I can tell you, Colin, that being oh, yeah. the right hand man of Kevin Feige. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you kept no it idea. quiet that you were doing that from my basement. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. I kept a lot of things quiet. <laughs> I wonder why general. Kevin Feige kept turning up to my front doorstep then going down some steps <laughs> I never noticed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I, I don't know how interconnected it is. I will always hope that Marvel has a way of mm. creating like self sustaining storylines yeah. without having he- to. You'd hope so, although, I mean, so yeah, certainly they had said that some of them were going to tie in together, and as, as they've gone, I mean, obviously things like Endgame was not really self-sustaining at all, was it? You have to knew a lot of stuff. But, um, I mean, some of them are going to be pushed back just because they can't film at the moment anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um, so maybe it'll work out. My second question is, um, when's New Mutants coming out? Uh, and I can answer that one, is that they have not given it a release date. No, it'll probably never come out. It'll never be. It'll be the film that will never be. So it'll uh, just be stuck in limbo forever. Which, uh, <laughs> uh, coincidentally, one of the new mutants uh, can actually go into limbo. Oh. So, there you go. Oh, there you go. Um, yes, long-term listeners and, and others will know that uh, New Mutants was a Fox thing and, and Disney bought it and it's been postponed several times. In fact, this weekend, I believe, was supposed to be the weekend it came out. Uh, the most recent... Uh, most recent release date but no it's, it doesn't have a release date surely surely they just put it on Disney Plus and forget about it it's bizarre though because my next bit of news is that Artemis Fowl will now be streaming on Disney Plus it will be it will be yeah I didn't know that oh. yeah so um, yeah which is surprising because given so it's quite a big film even though yeah. it's not as well known it has a 125 million dollar budget so that's not small mm. by any means it's directed by Kenneth Branagh um, you don't pronounce the G in Branagh but... Branagh there you go yeah but anyway uh, yeah so I'm quite surprised that I found out uh, about this yeah I, to be honest I didn't even know it was a Disney um, Disney film 
go. They own everything, Colin. They do everything own everything. Disney film. Um, you know what I realised the other day when I was watching The Mandalorian on Disney Plus um, is that it's a it's a kind of sci-fi western TV uh-huh. series. You know what other sci-fi western TV series uh, Disney now owns the rights to? Yes, it's Firefly. They do. That's surely. Surely now is the time for a Firefly. Uh, uh, con- I was going to say reboot. I don't want to reboot. I want a continuation. Joss Whedon's not done anything for a while. They, they own everything, Joss Whedon, right? Like Buffy and Angel are on Disney Plus. Yeah, well, they've, 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 they're, I'm sure they own that. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, he's got some experience then with uh, with the Avengers. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I mean, these are good ways for studios to still make some money in these times as well. I guess. Yeah, I mean. I... I guess the, the question they've always like streaming services have always got to ask themselves is, uh, will we get more subscribers by putting this on? Mm-hmm, yeah. And Artemis Fowl, maybe, maybe. Um, New Mutants, probably not. Uh, and then something like the because there was talk of Black Widow going to Disney Plus, which I don't think was ever likely to happen. I think you get you get people on Disney Plus for Black Widow, but not. I I reckon Black Widow in normal circumstances could be nearing a billion at the box office. And you're not going to get a billion dollars worth of revenue from Disney Plus, mm, or, or anywhere even close. Um, um, so this isn't news, but I think it's, it's quite fun. Um, there the are various uh, people, various filmmakers who are now doing live streaming commentaries of their films that you can tune into. So we've had a few of these. Uh, I've not actually managed to uh, tune in, partly because they're American um, and therefore not in the right time zone for me. Um, but James Gunn has done a live stream of uh, of Guardians of the Galaxy two, I think it was. Uh, commentary. Uh, Taika Waititi and Tessa Thompson did a live stream of Thor 3 uh, with Mark Ruffalo joining for a bit. Oh, wow. Uh, and the cast and crew of, of a film called Ingrid Goes West did one quite recently, which is a film I only watched on Netflix the other day, which Simon recommended to me, and it's good. Um, it's uh, Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, basically, Aubrey Plaza is, is a... Uh, she's stalking Elizabeth Olsen, having come across her on Instagram, and it's all about kind of being, being obsessed with social media and stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, it's worth watching on Netflix. I did. I did consider listening to the commentary, but it started at two a.m. UK time, so I didn't. Yeah, a bit early. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think theoretically, Taika Waititi and Tess Thompson might have revealed some exciting things about Thor four. But when I looked at what in this commentary, when I looked at what they revealed, it was all quite dull. It was like Taika Waititi's that, that rock character who plays Krug, whatever his name is, uh, is coming back for Thor four, but I didn't really care. I think I think we already knew that. Yeah, well, he was alive at the end of uh, Avengers Endgame anyway, yeah. so... There you go. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm out of anything, because uh, there's nothing else to report. Um, the only other thing I've got is, uh, so Jesse Eisenberg is making his directorial debut um, with a film called When You Finish Saving the World. Uh, so it's in the early stages, but it's, uh, it's cast Julianne Moore and Finn Wolfhard. Uh, apparently it's a mother-son comedy drama. Uh, oh. So uh, I think that will be interesting. Emma Stone is producing. I don't know if she's ever produced a film before. So that's that's interesting. I think a lot more. It seems, I don't know if this, but it seems like a lot more young actors um, are, uh, are are producing than used to. I'm sure. I don't remember many actors slash producers. Well, he's not big name actors, but uh, obviously Natalie Portman's doing a lot. Reese Witherspoon. Uh, now Emma Stone. Yeah, most of them have their own companies as well, right? Mm. Yeah. And I think having heard Reese Witherspoon and Natalie Portman talk about it, kind of saying, "Well, we're just fed up of there not being decent roles for women," so I decided to, you know, actively seek them out and commission them and, and things like that. So um, maybe Emma Stone's taking a leaf out of that. Yeah, I think it's a good thing, though. Good, good thing for cinema in general. Why not? Absolutely. And uh, Jesse Eisenberg, I think he'll be. I think he'll be uh, a very interesting filmmaker. I, 
if you I don't know my, my guess is it's, it's not necessarily going to be the most commercial of films just looking at the things he's, he's done so obviously he has some big stuff like Zombieland but things like um, I don't know the double that he did with Richard Iowardi or he's got some weird film soon or he's, it was going to be soon who knows what it is now without being stuck in suburbia Yeah, uh, I think he'll go uh, go weird on this uh, that's me. So we move on to our segment to see or not to Z, where we yep. talk about films that we've seen recently and tell you the list of whether you should see them or not Z them. Zijin, uh-huh. you must have been watching films. Yes, I finally watched X Mashima. Ah. Don't ah me. W- without me? Don't ah me, okay? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, it's really good. We've spoken in length about it, but at least it's funny, you know, we don't have to speak about it anymore because I've already finally seen it and it's really good. good. It's uh, it's very very good, and yeah. Well, that's a what an in-depth review. Um, <laughs> I mean, right? We were talking about this in, in general have, back in the day. Yeah, so uh, for gonna... those who are who are new, the backstory is no, uh, no one needs to know the backstory every single no? podcast. Okay, fine. In which case, if you're new, go back and listen to previous episodes at random until you find. Basically, the Colin ditched me. CJ <laughs> uh, has not forgiven me, but it feels like maybe you have. Maybe this is the watershed moment where you're. Well, you forgive me for this and we can move on. No? Fine. Um, I, <laughs> I've i also watched a film, uh, a film called Rudy, um, which is on Netflix. Uh, it stars Sean Astin, who people will know as Samwise Gamgee in Lord of the Rings. The best um, hobbit. Uh, yes, quite a great hobbit. He was very good. Um, this is an Amer- a film about American football. Uh, it's very... I think it's quite well known in America. I, I'd heard about it, actually, because it was referenced in... Um, the newsroom, an Aaron Sorkin TV series. Uh, there's a very famous scene in it. So, uh, so I'll ex- explain. So, so Rudy is this kid who wants to play American football for Notre Dame, mm-hmm. um, and that's his like his only dream in life. And it's kind of following him. Go, he he can't get into Notre Dame College at all. Then he goes to a college nearby to try and work up the grades in order to get in. And obviously, he's this short. He's like five four or something, and he's, oh, he's not tiny but he's not big enough to be a football player so basically he's nowhere near good enough but he kind of keeps striving gets a, gets a job cleaning the ground and all this kind of stuff uh and there's this famous very famous scene in it which uh is a spoiler but uh so feel free to tune off uh if you don't want to know spoilers for this but um he's just been cut from the team and then every member of the team just kind of goes and lays their shirt on the coach's desk saying i want him to i want Rudy to play in my place okay uh, but yeah it's 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 a very heartwarming film i think it's very good actually uh if you have no interest in american football like i don't um i think you'll still enjoy it there's there's, there's some films about sport where you need to care about the sports so it's not like any given sunday i didn't think it was very good because i think you need to care about american football to watch that Whereas this is basically about the the triumph of the human spirit and, and all this, so um, I think even if you don't like sport at all, you can still enjoy this film hmm. a lot. So I'd say yeah. check it out. Yeah, I will. Uh, we move on then to uh, our segment where, or the main segment of the day, where we are ranking our favourite films beginning with the letter B. We've done previously uh, C and D and S and maybe other stuff. We're just uh, randomly jumping through the alphabet, basically. That's well, what I'm saying. Yeah, previously it's it's been. It hasn't been random. We've got the C for Colin, S for Simon, D for Dave. Um, now it's just random. Yeah, because um, no one cares about Z. We can do Z, but I'm not sure we're going to get 10 films. <laughs> like, uh, do you want to do Z? We can do Z. Have you seen Have you seen 10 films with letter Z? Uh, Zombieland. Yep. Zombieland 2 Double Tap. Yep. Zootopia. Yes. Uh, I've seen Zulu. Z... <laughs> 
Zebra? Is that just a, is that a film or is that just something you made up? <laughs> I mean, there probably there probably is a film called Zebra. It's probably a film called Zebra. I'm just going to my spreadsheet of all the films I own on DVD. Um, of course, Zodiac, of course. Uh-huh. I'm out. Okay, let's not do that then. Okay, well let's do let's stick to the original plan and do what films going to have to be. So we, we'll do what we always do. Uh, I've got my spreadsheet on the go. We will rank our favourites ten uh, from number ten to number one. Um, they will get points uh, one to ten in that order. Uh, I've also asked that on Facebook. We've had a, an impressive um, impressive number of responses to the Facebook post. In fact, we've got fifty eight different well not different wow. 50, 58 entries. Uh, from Facebook, so we'll rattle through those as well. Although, since there's not much news, I might get a bit more time than we usually do. Uh, and each of those get one point, and then we get our top 10 uh, overall. I found this actually quite difficult. I, I sometimes, like when, we did, when I did D films, I only had like maybe nine that I really liked, and I was really scraping the barrel towards the end. Whereas I've, I've got 20 I could easily put on this list. Yeah, um, I went through this list and saw, uh, I, I thought, well, Colin must like a lot of these films. <laughs> Hmm. All going through this list, so I'm not surprised. And there's some, yeah, there's some really good ones I've had to miss off. So um, I might talk about some of those uh, towards the end as well. Um, but uh, I'll kick us off. Why not with uh, my tenth place film, um, which is The Breakfast Club. Um, partly just to let you know that the um, is is being ignored. Yep. Uh, so we've talked about this before, obviously in our in our coming of age films, I think, or young adult movie. Anyway, uh, it's a classic. Uh, I didn't watch it at the time because I'm not that old. Uh, but it's uh, John Hughes classic. It's the only John Hughes film I like. In fact, uh, it's kids in detention. Everyone knows this. Uh, I think it's a great window on the 80s. So I think it's a great way of seeing what was in the zeitgeist at the time. Uh, it's it's wacky at times. It's moving at times. It's it's just a uh, I think the kind of the perfect of this kind of film. Uh, my only objection is the title, which doesn't make any sense. They're not a club, they don't have breakfast. <laughs> There's a vague hint maybe that they might meet for breakfast at some point in the future, but even that is very vague. Uh, but yeah, this film has been um, parodied, it's been uh, homaged so many times. Um, I've yet to see it. And you've yet to see it. I believe it's on Netflix uh, at the moment. I think it came on this week. So uh, now is your opportunity. Oh, okay. There are a lot of films on this uh, which I saw, which I'm pretty sure will be on your top 10, which I've not seen either. So I, okay. I, The Breakfast Club was one of them. So I'm giving myself a mark for that as well. All right, you're scoring. Your... I'm scoring myself on why I think your top 10. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm, what, I'm so one point for Breakfast Club and one point for Zijin. That's uh, the current rankings. Yeah. Uh, question, uh, my number 10, <laughs> which is probably on your list, is uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. I do not want to talk about it because I'm pretty sure you can talk about this more in length than I will. But I, I realized that when I'm going through my list, I have a lot of uh, films which I think are more on a whimsical sense as well. Okay. And uh, I, I love Back to the Future. I still remember very clearly when I watched it back in Malaysia when I was young. And oh, yeah, yeah I, I, I enjoyed it a lot back then. Uh, I'm pretty sure it will be on your list as well, Colin. Maybe in the top five, top three. It- it will certainly be on my list. Uh, I'm sure I can talk about it more than I'm surprised. Yep. This is low as 10 for you. Um, but I'm glad, glad to see it making a appearance. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, watching it in, I think it was in high school when I first watched it. And uh, I, I remember kids talking about it at school way back, like when I was 10 or something, and I hadn't seen it. And they're like, oh, this is amazing. There's this guy hanging off a clock tower. And it took me another 
uh, 10 years off that recommendation twice to get around to watching it myself um, um okay so ninth place for me is um bridget jones's diary which is a film you all know it's um Renee Zellweger, obviously the first of a trilogy and by far the best based on the uh, helen fielding book richard curtis wrote it i think uh it's at one point in fact it was colin firth's second most famous role i think after uh prime prejudice uh, he and Hugh Grant are both superb in it. I think Rene Zellberg is also superb. Um, I was a little bit surprised actually it made this. I looked at this thing. I, I watched it for, uh, a couple of years ago for the first time in a long while, and thought, yeah, this is actually a really good film. Uh, it's it's funny. It's moving. Uh, it's in some ways, uh, I think the parallels of Prime Prejudice are, are more clearly played out in the film than in the book. It's uh, um, and obviously the, the casting of Colin Firth to play the Mr. Darcy role is, is very much a nod to the, the 1995 BBC series. But uh, it's a lot of fun, and uh, the third one also pretty good. Not not in my list, but um, worth a watch as well. My number nine is uh, Big Fish. Ah. Uh, even McGregor uh, playing a son going back to see his uh, dying dad, uh, and, he, and who he has some resentment towards because um, his dad tells a lot of... Uh, in his opinion, fairy tales. Um, and I, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm going to have quite a lot of whimsical kind of films in it, mm. which is probably top it's of very, the list when it comes, to, yeah. when it comes to that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can still, like, when it comes to choosing my favorite top 10, um, a lot of it is about how well I remember them and how well I remember liking these films when I, when I watched them. Because some of these films are obviously much older much much older I've not seen them for a long time as well and Big Fish is definitely one of them but I did remember um, you know getting very moved by this film especially in the end when you know the the son finally gets to um, you know tie in his uh, dad's uh, stories with reality and sees you know his stories are all as made up or as uh, flamboyant as they were and I, I did enjoy that, especially the ending. I think the ending made Big Fish a great Yeah, I did see this again when I was at school, and I, I don't remember that much of it, other than I, um, wasn't there just one woman who played a lot of characters? Maybe. Anyway, I, I should go back and see that again. Hmm. Uh, okay, uh, eighth on my list is um, Battle of the Sexes, which is a film starring Emma Stone and Steve Carell, a uh, real-life battle in, in between, well, I say battle, tennis match, um, between Bobby Riggs, uh, as played by Steve Carell, and Billie Jean King, uh, as played by Emma Stone. It, it didn't do hugely well. It came out maybe two years ago. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I thought Emma Stone was superb. Um, I thought she was the best uh, actress that year in that in that role. Steve Carell, as well as un- looking uncannily like Bobby Riggs, I think he really walked that line well. So the, the story um, behind it is basically this loudmouth, past it, reti- I think it was, must have been retired, tennis player, called Bobby Riggs said yeah I could beat any woman in the world at tennis uh, and he played um, is it Mary Court something Court uh, Margaret Court maybe. Um, but, but Billie Jean King at that time was the best female tennis player in the world and so they had this big uh, this big match that was very much an entertainment thing but you kind mm-hmm. of get to see that their, their inner lives as well um, and you see yeah he's he's Bobby Riggs playing up the camera but he's a bit different behind the scenes and Billie Jean is going through various personal things as well as um, competitive things. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, I think it's just, it's really well told, uh, well done. It's one of the better uh, sports films I've seen. I think, yeah, it's a bit of a hidden gem, I'd say, because it, it got a bit ignored. So uh, check that one out. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I should definitely watch that. Um, yeah, I've always wanted to see it, and I like Emma Stone anyway. So, mm. Um, mm. yeah, I missed that. Uh, my number eight is the original Beauty and the Beast. Oh yes. Yeah, probably my favorite when it comes to music of the Disney Renaissance films. I'm pretty sure we had a quiz question on the Renaissance films earlier this week. Uh, and Beauty and the Beast is obviously is up there. Yes. Yeah, I think I can name all the songs in Beauty and the Beast. I'm pretty sure most people can as well. Even you reckon? Like, I think so. <laughs> I've I've not seen it. Have you not um, seen it? But I have seen the live action remake. Uh, <laughs> um, and I can name some of them, I suppose. Be Our Guest is good. Be Our Guest is always good. But yeah, um, it, I think it was the first animated film to be nominated for a Best Picture. Sounds believable. Yeah, um, so... It's up there when it comes in in terms of quality, and it's a good story told very well and beautifully well as well. And whoever can cannot relate to Belle, who likes to read books and stuff. Yeah. Yep, that's what a character trait that is. Um. <laughs> I know, right? In a small French town. Yep. Yep. Uh, great. Uh, next for me is Bad Times at the El Royale, which I kind of spoke about before, but it came out a couple of years ago. It's um, I'm trying to remember why I talked about this at length recently. It must have been maybe it was an actor factor thing. We were speaking about it, yeah. But yeah, deserted hotel, various people um, seemingly unconnected or meet up there. It's, it seems quite inspired by Tarantino. Um, but yeah, so the, the the third act wasn't as good as the first two, but it's still, um, I think, a really, uh, really impressive film. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, my, my, my sentiments with it is still the same. The third act is just, yeah, quite a letdown compared to the first two but yeah i, I get i get uh, i like it because it's different as well it's not on my list uh, but i really like uh cynthia Rivo's performance in that mm, yeah she's uh, yeah. astounding in that so it's uh drew goddard as a director i think mm. um. my number seven is birdman i'm not going to say the remaining part of birdman <laughs> coward <laughs> because it's definitely uh the better film compared to the other film beginning with letter b <laughs> You are absolutely correct. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, what, what we, I mean, we spoke about this recently as well. The one, one take, or why it looks like a one take. Um, this is the comeback of um, Michael Keaton. Hmm. This was a he. Uh, he basically played himself, really, but you know, he gave such a great performance in it. Uh, Emma Stone was great in it as well. Yeah, I mean, Birdman may sound very fantastical, but it's well, it works. Yeah. It really works. I, I can't. I don't really ca- know how to capture that and how to explain how why it works, but it really does. It it sounds like something you know, like all Hollywood actors would like to make. You know, like a all, all Hollywood studios would like to make. It's a story. It's a story of a rundown actor who tries to make it big again. You know, so it's something that Hollywood loves, and all this one take thing seems like a gimmick, hmm. but it works for this film. Has Michael and, Keaton's uh, renaissance ended yet? Because as you say, that was his comeback, and it's one of those things that he then. Had quite a lot of stuff to do. Obviously, he was a the um, the vulture yes. in uh, the first uh, Sony Spider Man, or the first Tom Holland Spider Man. Um, have the parts dried up again? Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah. I haven't seen him for a while now. But yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, next for me is uh, if I didn't didn't mention up top that we're going to do a John Wick quiz later on, but this is um, without a doubt Keanu Reeves' best role. Uh, it's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> um, 
what a what a what a great film uh, they they travel in time socrates is there uh napoleon joan of arc all sorts uh i did we do a quiz on this i think we might have done yeah, uh, yeah, I, we have. my i say the start of the year i said that um bill and ted 3 was the film i was most looking forward to this year uh i'm guessing i, I can't remember what release date it had but i'm guessing whatever release date it had it doesn't have anymore no, <laughs> but, uh, no. uh well then maybe it was towards the end of the year so maybe it's kept it so far uh, but it's it's hilarious it's very, again very much of its time i think but you can still enjoy it as a window to the the 90s and uh, um the the start of keanu Reeves career more or less and yeah. the start of alex winter's career and also the end of alex winter's career poor alex winter <laughs> no that's harsh i'm sure he's great yeah. my number is it six now six yeah Sounds my like number it. six is uh the big shot mm. a film that can make uh subprime <laughs> the topic of subprime mortgage actually interesting and exciting and explains it very clearly to people i mean you and i both work in the finance industry so it isn't that much of a stretch for us to understand it but i think what they managed to do with the subprime mortgage it is you know it could be a very dry subject mm. they could have done a very very you know it's quite easy to make it it's very very dry make it like more of a documentary but they managed to make it very exciting and intriguing film so uh, and i think they did a very good job of explaining what people have done wrong and kind of making you angry about it yes i think a, a lot of this have been kind of very uh, nebulous maybe and you couldn't quite put your finger on it but this is like these are the bad guys these are the this is why what they've done is is causing all these problems my, my issue i think is that it didn't tie up as much as i was expecting i think you, you got all these different vignettes and they didn't all play together as quite as well as i thought they might but mm. It's very um very imitated now, isn't it? You get, I think I don't know if you saw the laundromat on Netflix this year, which isn't very good at all, but it's very much inspired by Big Short, and you do get quite a lot of films now. It seems where they're doing their kind of yep. we're going to cut away to Margot Robbie in a bath to explain uh, this. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, cool. And top five for me, um, fifth place is Batman Begins. Uh, it was the the return of the Dark Knight. Um, not that long after batman and robin actually surprisingly uh short but a very different take so it's gone from being very um vibrant and silly to being this kind of gritty reboot and to be honest um we've kind of had enough gritty reboots since then <laughs> um but this one did it great um the casting was brilliant christopher nolan was on top of his game um i i'm still not sure which of these i prefer whether i prefer this to dark knight and obviously for this list it begins with b and dark knight doesn't so i didn't have to worry about it but uh, I think it's a great retelling. It, it, it does. It really grounds the the, the mythos. So it's all, every step of the way seems to be what would it be like if if Batman actually happened you know, outside the pages of the comic book. So you're not getting a Superman type character, but you, you're getting this billionaire who's um, been training for for years and, and working his way up. And how could he take on Gotham? Uh, yeah, it's just really well done, and yeah, paved the way for a whole new way of looking at superheroes. Well, not. Not in good ways for some, though. Not always in good ways. No. no Everyone no. wants to be the grittier side. Everyone wants to do the dark, gritty superhero film due to Batman, uh, Batman Begins. But not all films succeed in doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I have to say that uh, I don't remember a lot of Batman Begins. Um, and I, I know for sure that I prefer The Dark Knight. Uh, partially maybe because I saw it on a pirated DVD back in Malaysia. <laughs> so obviously the quality wasn't that clear uh, <laughs> when it comes to that. Uh but yeah, it just never grew, stuck on me as much as The Dark Knight did. Um, maybe okay. Heath Ledger's performance in The Dark Knight was way yeah, too I mean, to Heath forget. Heath Ledger's phenomenal. I, actually, I did watch Dark Knight again recently and, and it's 
gone off my I think it's one of those things that everyone had been raving about it so when I saw it I was like oh okay um, but uh, yeah my, my only issue with Dark Knight really is that Batman Bruce Wayne hardly has anything to do because it's all Joker so I think this is a better Batman film mm. and Dark Knight is a better film or the Joker yeah yeah uh my number five is something your brother nominated because I've been trawling through the messages as well. Oh, yeah. Just in case you think I just let you do that by yourself. Oh, thanks, man. Did you also carefully write them out in a spreadsheet? No, of course not. With not... everyone's name next to no, it? No, no, no. no. no but you, you took a casual look at my Facebook page. I so... obviously <laughs> casually looked at your Facebook page after well, I commented on your beardless picture. There you go. Uh, my number five is Babe. Ah, which... Correct me if I'm wrong, um, was banned in Malaysia, was it not? It was banned in Malaysia. You are correct. You know that well. <laughs> I think mm, I've mentioned it multiple I, I, times. I, I, I've, I've listened to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Babe is a very, very charming film about a pig who wants to be a sheep dog. Mm. And yeah, it's because I think this came out at the right time at my age as well. Like, um, I could appreciate a lot more. I think I've watched that so many times. I used to know the the little poem at the end where Babe was, you know, had to had to say to the other sheep so that this, they would listen to him. This is Bar Ram You. Yeah, Bar Ram You. But, the, but there's, a whole, there's a whole verse to it, isn't there? Yeah, I, I used to know that so well. That's how much, uh, how many times I've watched the film. I don't know, it's just so good. And, I mean, it's good enough to be nominated for an Oscar. For was it nominated? Picture. It was. was it nom- oh, wow. For Very Best good. Picture, yeah. I mean, and given that it's just a story about a pig wanting to be a sheepdog, I think mm. that it shows so a lot about you know the quality of this film. I think I'd read the book before um before there was a film. There's a book called The Sheep Pig by Dick King Smith, uh, which was in our school library. Oh, really? Back in the day. Mm. Um, he, he, I think he wrote quite a few things about farms. I could be wrong, but uh, the, I've suddenly read at least one of his many, many, many years ago. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely one of those films that I can watch and rewatch again and again, over and over again. Love it. Mm. Yeah. Didn't make my list, but it is a, it is a great film. Uh, so, so many good films. For this. Um, my okay, fourth place for me um, is Back to the Future Part Two, uh, giving perhaps a hint of uh, what might be coming ahead of it. Uh, this is obviously the sequel to Back to the Future. It's uh, starts off with what was that? It, it, yeah, starts off with going into the future, into the far flung future of 2015, uh, and seeing what's going on there. Then going back into 1955, and then. In fact, 1985, judging all over the place. Uh, I think this is a, a wonderful continuation. So, Back to the Future, which we'll talk about more as I get to it. But um, such a fantastic film, and it ended with this: "We've got to do something about your kids," which was just a throwaway joke without any intention of doing a sequel. Mm. And then the film did so well, so they made two sequels. Um, but the way that yeah, you get this vision of the, f- the future, but you also get them going back into the events of the first film. You get them going into a horrific version of um, 1985, where Biff. Uh, has turned into a character heavily based on Donald Trump, which is um, quite amusing. Um, I think it's it's just wonderfully told. You get uh, additional parts of the, the mythos that weren't in there before. So you get, my, my brother, um, the only person in the world who doesn't like Back to the Future, but also uh, hates, with a passion that I don't understand, uh, hates hoverboards. Um, which Why does he like hoverboards? I I have no idea, um, but he absolutely despises hoverboards, um, which are introduced in Back to Future Two. Uh, it's a fantastic film. Well, where, by the way, just for clear, clearance, when I say Back to the Future, and um, my number ten, that is part one. That's the first yes, film. yes, I got you. Yeah. Um, my number four 
is uh, Black Swan. Uh, Natalie Portman as a ballerina. And this is a film by Darren Aronofsky, uh, who does make quite weird films in after that as well. Um, yeah. But Black Swan, you know, captures uh, the story of Natalie Portman as a ballerina, very committed to her craft uh, and wanting the top spot as the, the swan in Swan Lake. Um, and he manages to make a thriller out of something that could just be a mundane subject. And it's a very gripping watch. Uh, and done very well actually and uh, yeah Natalie Portman's commitment as the as the principal ballerina I think she's done a lot of um, training to do that uh, mm. as well uh, it's quite admirable and deservedly won the best uh, Oscar uh, the best actress Oscar for that so I uh, love this film I couldn't get through it partly um, but entirely... oh that's one bit I know which bit you can't get through that's one part which is a bit yeah, I maybe that's it. But I, I, yeah, I, I got maybe twenty minutes in. and I thought I'm sure this is brilliant, but I can't watch it. Ah, uh, there you go. Um, third spot for me is Before Sunrise. So it's um, uh, it's a film of two people who meet on a train in oh, oh where did they meet? Vienna, maybe. Oh, I can't believe I can't remember that. In some European city, he's American, she's French, um, and they just spend the night walking around the city together and falling in love. Um, it's Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, I think it is. Oh, I can't believe I've forgotten her name as well. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's just I don't know how much of it was improvised and how much was scripted, but I think I, quite, I think they must have had quite a lot of input into. I know they had a lot of input into their characters, so I guess there was either improvised or they worked on the script um, together with the director. But yeah, it's just very uh, natural dialogue um, and progression, and it's it's I don't know, it's it's, it's very un Hollywood, I would mm. say. There have been two films since then. Um, with the return to it every seven years, I think it is. Seven years, anyway. Uh, to kind of as their relationship um, develops, but this, this for me is by far the best of the of the trilogy. Uh, it's just a beautiful film. Very quite slow in some ways. I know not everyone loves it um, who has seen it, but I think it's it's beautifully done. I've never seen it. Um, check it I've out. I've never seen it. Yeah, I'm trying no. to think if it's, on, if it's on Netflix or not, but um, no, I don't think it is. I'm not no. Yeah. I'm trying, and also, I'm really blanking on names today because I'm trying to remember the name of the director. Um, oh, Colin. My, yeah. my number three is uh, Brooklyn. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, so this is after me watching Lady Bird and thinking, wow, I like Shirley Ronan a lot. Richard Linklater. Carry on. <laughs> wow, thanks for cutting in while I was talking. <laughs> so rude. Yeah, yeah, so rude. Anyway. This was after uh, me watching Lady Bird, and I was thinking, oh, wow, I really like Shirley Ronan. I think she's very good. So I was watching her back catalogue as well, mm. and Brooklyn was one of them. And this was uh, Shirley Ronan playing um, an Irish uh, immigrant moving all the way to New York to start a new life. And I think this film especially resonates a lot with me, given that I'm uh, an immigrant yeah. here as well, uh, in the UK. Um, so all the things that she faced, like how much she misses her home, but then she doesn't belong either way or another... Um, it resonates very strongly with me which is probably why I love this film a lot more than uh, the Irish person and obviously Shirley Ronan is a brilliant actress in her own right fantastic yeah, she yeah. is so good um, and yeah I mean it was on the BBC I watched it I don't think it's on it right now but for those who's not seen it before I yeah I think it's, it certainly was on I watched it on Netflix I don't know if it's still on there but... I love this film a lot yeah, if you're I, an immigrant I... you'll love this as well um, I I enjoyed it I didn't it's, it's not on my list and um, I guess because I and I have was born in England. I stayed in England. I don't have the kind of any of the uh, immigrant immigrant uh, experience. Um, but yeah, she is wonderful. 
Uh, just FYI, and that's the first film you suggested that wasn't um, that wasn't nominated by one of the uh, one of the listeners. Ah, nice. There you go. Um, uh, second for me is the Russell Crowe film A Beautiful Mind, uh, for which he won Best Actor Oscar. He plays uh, the economist John Nash, yes, um, who has I'm not sure what I don't know the name of it is, but he, uh, hallucinations. I guess he he sees people who aren't there. Um, it tells the story over many many years of of, of his career, but also uh, his relationship with um, character played by Jennifer Connelly, who was nominated for an Oscar as well. I don't think she won. Um, and yeah, his his roommate Paul Bettany uh, and his belief that he is involved in working for the government um, in in code breaking. Uh, I think it's a fantastic performance. I think it's a great film. Uh, it's it's Ron Howard, uh, his, mm. some of his best work. It's it's uh, again it's a very it's moving story, but well. it's, it's very clever. It's got some good twists. It's got maths in it. Yes, it has the maths is very good actually. So sometimes I always compare it with Goodwill Hunting. The Goodwill Hunting maths is is rubbish. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what the Goodwill Goodwill Hunting maths is all about. I I just remember um, freezing on. There's a bit in Goodwill Hunting where he's like, "I've just puzzled this, these questions on a blackboard outside the room, and none of you are going to be able to solve them in ages." Blah blah. blah. And they're like, "Wow, someone solved it. Who is this genius?" And I, I freeze framed it, and it's like, "Yeah, these are kind of year one questions, maybe." I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's real maths, but it's not difficult maths. Um, but you're not a janitor, Colin. I'm not a janitor. So it's not it's impressive true. if you solve it. But uh, I don't. It, these are the kind of questions that would be kind of the warm-up questions on a first-year uh, linear algebra sheet as opposed to, uh, um, you're a genius if you can solve these. Uh, whereas the stuff in, in Beautiful Mind, I mean, I, he, I'm not an economist, but the bits I do understand all uh, all made sense uh, and were uh, genuinely difficult. So that if, if, that, if the selling point for a film is how accurate is the maths, ah. dive in on that. Uh, my number two. We are number two now, and this is something you uh, we've spoken about before. It's Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Twenty forty nine. And we spoke about this during our let's look back. I now have one hundred episode really about our favorite films of all time in within that period. And Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Ah, that's why I talked about Bad Times at the Real. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. it's very 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 good. Um, I've I've raved all about it. We've done a podcast all about it. <laughs> I've raved all about it again on our one hundred episode. I'm not. I can keep raving about it still. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it so much. So I'm gonna stop there. And can I guess your top? Uh... Oh, it's not. It's not gonna be different. I mean, I've already. Um, I've already so, confirmed that uh, Back to the Future features in my top ten, uh, and but, I've only got one slot left. But, uh, <laughs> I, I had a few that I thought would be a top ten as well, but they missed out. I was just wondering where they were. So there was Baby Driver. Yeah, so I've got a list of my of my eleven to twenty. So ah. that, that that's which aren't in order, but that's that's in there. Yeah, and big as well. That's in there. Yeah. Ah, nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, well, you can go rave about Back to the Future then. Back to the Future is the greatest film uh, ever made, with or without a letter B at the start. What? Uh, it is. What a claim! It is the best film of all time. Um, I it's it's perfect. Martin McFly, um, as played by Michael J. Fox, is just the coolest guy in cinema history, apart from maybe Han Solo. But it's a wonderful performance uh, as this high school student who's finds himself back in time. Christopher Lloyd is hilarious. The, the music's great. The the, the whole um, premise. I mean, it's been it's been done before, but I think it's never been done better. Um, my brother again, as I, I to bring Simon up again, hi Simon, um, who who as I say is the only person in the world who doesn't love Back to the Future. Uh, refers to it as um, as uh, as an, in, an incest film. <laughs> I think missing the point somewhat, but um, if you want to get Freudian, then you can explore that as well. But it's it's uh, it's got lots of clever stuff, um, like 
hidden bits as well so that the the two pines more that becomes the lone pine more and so um some funny social commentary about a um ronald reagan being president uh it's just it cannot be bettered i gotta <laughs> ask you though colin yes. one thing i don't back to the future has your kind of time travel that you don't really like uh no, I quite. I, I, this is the time travel I do like. Um, I, I thought you liked the one with multiple dimensions kind of thing, a separate one. But this is that, in, with Back to the is, Future, right? This is, this is multiple dimensions. This is... Uh, is yeah, so this is why they have the alternate 1985 they go to in Back to the Future 2. Oh, I thought they changed the present. Um, well, the, 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 the they, 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 they change um, the, the present of that timeline. So it's a, as opposed to... So some time travel, there is only one timeline. Hmm. Um and what you do affects that. Whereas this one is the one where you go into alternate timelines. Ah. Um, there's even a bit in, I can't remember if it's in the first or the second. I think it might be the, I think it's the first one, um, where Dot Brown gets out of Blackboard and writes and draws a diagram so we can all understand okay. it. The only bit where it slightly falls down, I've thought about this a lot, um, <laughs> is for, so it, in in a wonderful uh, climax, the um, Martin McFly plays Johnny Be Good. Uh, on his electric guitar yep. to um, to the high school enchantment under the sea dance and um, he's with Marvin Berry and the Starlighters but Marvin Berry um, broke his hand or hurt his hand so he couldn't play and then Marvin goes to the side and says Chuck Chuck it's your cousin Marvin Marvin Berry this is the sound you've been looking for suggesting that Chuck Berry discovered Johnny B. Good from yep. Marty Bufly. So um, that does break the, the, the time travel system a little bit, but one has to assume that Chuck Berry was already going to do it. Um, <laughs> maybe he already had done it, and it was only a coincidence. I've thought a lot about this film. You definitely love this film. <laughs> That's for sure, 100%. Um, I was going to go and see the uh, the musical with my friend Ollie, which obviously we can't do now because it's because uh, of the whole lockdown, but hopefully we'll be able to at some point. Uh, what happened to the tickets then, Indian? Were they like... Well, he's got tickets. Uh, Ollie got the tickets, so I'm not quite sure what's going on. But, um but uh, that's in Manchester, or at least it was supposed to be in Manchester at the moment. Well, I'm sure um, you'll come to London eventually. I'll watch it then. Now, I was going to say that Blade Runner 2049 is going to be top of your list, but it, obviously no. it's, it's not. Nope. Um, so I'm not sure I know what it's going to be. Yeah, I know. Hmm. Intriguing, eh? I'm just I'm just going down the list of all the things we've had we've had coming to see if I Yeah, can... I, I don't think this is on your list. I, I, I'm think... pretty certain 100% you've not seen this film. And okay. I've talked about this multiple times as well. And I'm pretty sure that I told you to watch it, but you still haven't watched it. Uh, is it is it animated? No, it's not animated. All right, go it's on. My number one is uh, Brokeback Mountain. Of course, I did know it was going to be that. I because someone else nominated, and I thought that's going to be Zizhan's favorite. Yeah, by Ang Lee, yeah. it's a great film, a great great film. There's nothing much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I raved about this before as well. Um, it was stolen from an Oscar for Best Picture, even though Ang Lee, I think, won Best Director for it as well. It's got stolen as well from R- Crash, R- which I, which I oh, know Oh, Crash, know. dear me, yes. Yeah, which I know you enjoyed, right, Colin? You've seen it? Um, It was all right. I didn't love it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But Broadway Mountain is just such a beautiful um film about two cowboys in love with each other. And it was just shot beautifully. And yeah, there's nothing much to say about it. It's a very wonderful story. And... Uh, I love it a bit, and <laughs> that's pretty much it, really. There you go. Um, there's a recommendation for you all. Uh, let's quickly then go through all the suggestions that we've had. We have good luck, man. Quite a few. I'll play um, on my phone while you do that. <laughs> I will first. Um, I will first say the four that was suggested that I've not included because they cheated. Um, my friend Fernando said various Batman and Barbie films. I was like, well, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Come on, man. Um, uh, Ruth suggested My Big Fat Greek Wedding which does not begin with B. Um, Tim suggested 
um, Beulah, which is a reference to Ferris Beulah's Day Off, which does that not doesn't big count. Uh, and Josh suggested uh, Big Trouble in Little China uh, and then retracted when my brother said it was racist um, because he said that he hasn't actually seen it. So What? I, I don't... I, don't want to do with that. Uh, but here the real one. So um, Fernando suggested, um, as well as uh, various Patton and Barbie, he suggested Big Fish, uh, Bad Boys, uh, obviously the you know, Will Smith, Martin Norwich film, uh, Blues Brothers and Beetlejuice. Uh, James Scott suggested uh, Battle Royale, which I've not seen, but um, it's a Japanese film. But when Hunger Games came out, a lot of people just complained it was a Battle Royale ripoff. Uh, Rachel suggested Beethoven. You must have seen Beethoven, Zijan. Yep. The dog. The dog. Uh, Dave Froud, uh, Park Froud, your friend, my friend, suggested uh, Big Lebowski. Uh, Barton Fink, which is good. It's, it's another Coen Brothers film. Uh, Back to the Future. Greatest one I've made. Um, Ollie suggested Beauty and the Beast, the original. Uh, Blazing Saddles, which is a Mel Brooks from Mark Cowboys, um, which I've not seen. And uh, Burn After Reading. Ah. Which again, is that a Coen Brothers? God, I've not seen it. Uh, Aiden suggested B movie, um, the one about a bee that falls in love with Reese Witherspoon or something. I've heard that was quite bad. Yeah, I've not seen it, but um, doesn't sound good. Uh, Reese suggested big, which is great. Uh, Adam suggested Blade Runner, the original, um, which was in my almost list, um, and Battle Royale as well. Uh, Danny suggested Bohemian Rhapsody, um, and then he said pretty much all the Batman. Which I've counted as Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, and Batman Begins. Pretty much all the Batmans, really. Like, yeah. I, I, does he? Does he want really to reconsider some of the Batmans? Well, I gotta say, I've had to take his word for pretty much all of them. But um, Batman and Robin really is terrible. Uh, Rich, my friend, Rich has, has gone for Blade Runner as well, and Bullet, which I've not seen, but I have ordered on DVD because he reminded me that I wanted to see it. Uh, Simon, my brother, has gone for the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. He likes the whole trilogy. Um, he's gone for Boyhood, which, as we both know, is not as good as Birdman. Um, and also Brief Encounter, which is very good. Uh, Josh has gone for Blade Runner again. Um, I've written Braveheart twice. I guess he didn't say Braveheart twice, uh, which means I probably missed off one of the ones he did say. Sorry, Josh. Uh, too late now. And um, Boy. Taika Waititi. I think they kind of announced Taika Waititi. I've not actually oh, yes. seen it. Um, yes, I've not seen it, but I've heard of it. Um, this is probably messed up my spreadsheet. Uh, my uh, James uh, James Cottle has uh, said Birdman, um, Black Swan, and Brick. Brick. We've got a few votes for. Um, it was near near my getting to my list. Uh, it's very I know good. Brick. Yes, yeah, maybe it's um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the first film by Ryan Johnson. It's um, it's basically a film noir, but in a high school. And okay. it is, yeah, it's very good. It's worth watching. It almost made my list. Um, uh, Darren has mentioned two that I've not heard of, um, but I looked them up because that's the kind of dedication I put into this. Um, the first is called The Big Year. It's a bird-watching comedy starring Steve Martin, Jack Black, and Owen Wilson hmm. um, okay. from about 2011, maybe. So uh, I'm surprised I haven't heard of that because it's a time I was into film. Well, I was still into films, but as a, yeah, I was, was already into films at that point, and those are all big names. Um, and one that I'm less surprised than I heard of called Beach Blanket Bingo, um, which is the fifth film in the Beach Party film series that I've never heard of um, from 1965. So there you go. Oh, Darren. Oh, <laughs> uh, Darren, what? Uh, John Kingsley has said The Boondock Saints. Darren Spicer, your friend, my friend, um, has said Batman and Robin. I assume he's lying. <laughs> But there you go. Who loves Batman and Robin? <laughs> he hasn't mentioned any other Batman films. He's gone straight for Batman and Robin. Um, Darren, you listen to this. Let me know. Did you mean that? Um, it's not my friend anymore, clearly. No. 
uh, and The Beach. Um, he said it was underrated, so I've not seen. Uh, Ros uh, has gone for Beaches, which I've, I've been meaning to watch. It's kind of a weepy that I've not seen. Uh, Dom has voted for Brick as well. Uh, Becca has voted for Brave, which I'm, I know you're a fan of, of Pixar. Yep, but not that film. But not that one, okay. Uh, Andrew has said Beetlejuice, which I haven't seen, but there you go. Michael Keaton again. Uh, my mother has said Brigadoon, uh, Brief Encounter again, and she's put a vote for Babe as well. Oh, Babe. I love Babe. Mm. Your mum has good uh, taste. Yeah, I've not seen Brigadoon, but the other two are very good. Um, Paul, uh, I think again, might well be lying. He's got he's got a daughter and has gone for Barbie in a Mermaid Tale 2. Of course, this, the sequel is definitely better than yeah. this one. <laughs> this might reflect the stuff he, is, um, he gets to watch these days. And Maria, let me tell you, Maria went to town. Um... She went for uh, Being John Malkovich, which I actually uh, didn't like at all, but uh, I know a lot of people do. Uh, Battleship Potemkin, which I've not seen, but you, you might be familiar with the famous um, bit where a pram go, uh, gets uh, falls downstairs, which was done... I think it was, it was, it was a pram. It was done in the the Untouchables, but it was done first in Battleship Potemkin. Hmm. Uh, bucket List, which um, I have seen Jack Nicholson, Morgan Freeman, is actually where the phrase Bucket List came from. Um, which is quite impressive uh, for a film that wasn't hugely well known um, Black Sheep um, So Bad It's Good she adds um, which I mostly know it's about some zombie sheep and it has one of my favourite film taglines which was uh, get the flock out of here <laughs> um, Bad Moms um, this is quite a quite a tour through cinematic history from Maria um, Bridesmaids Brokeback Mountain there you go Great and film. The Big Short so Good a couple film. of uh, ones from your list as well uh, hopefully I've not messed this up with uh, too much so are you ready Suzanne, for the top 10 yes I am obviously sure. it's skewed to us it is always skewed to us um, and in fact the votes we've had are quite spread out so even though we've had three votes of Blade Runner from others it doesn't get, it's not enough to get in the top 10 uh, 10th place is The Big Short um, 5 points from you 1 point from someone else mm-hmm. um Next is Batman Begins, seven f- or six from me, and one from the various Batman votes. Let's assume he's over it. It's the same league as Batman and Robin, Colin. Think about that. that would- yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, uh, next up is, in fact, joint with that, is Back to the Future Part 2, which I gave seven points and no one else gave anything. Nope. Um, then we have uh, three films in joint fifth, which are Babe, Six Yay. from you and two from other people. Uh, Black Swan, seven from you and one from Yay. the And Brooklyn, eight from you and Yay. nothing from anyone else. There you go. Um, I have so much power in this. You do. Uh, joint Bronze um, is Before Sunrise, eight from me and one from Simon. Uh, and A Beautiful Mind, nine from me. And no, no, no I'm surprised no one else wrote to A Beautiful Mind. Uh, Maria did, actually. Did she? Yeah, yeah. After the big shot. I missed it out. A Beautiful mind it's a good job you looked casually at my facebook page yeah i know right because that <laughs> someone that, has to do it come on <laughs> you keep making mistakes like this yeah. someone has to keep you in check Thanks, man. which means that beautiful mind is no longer joint third it is uniquely third what, what a change um program mountain gets the silver medal um with 10 points from you and one point from um maria wasn't it uh which means unsurprisingly because it's the greatest film ever made uh, with one point from Dave, one point from you, and ten points from me, slightly skewing the scale. Uh, Twelve points goes to Back to the Future. Uh, to be honest, Zijan, if Back to the Future hadn't turned out to be the best film beginning with the letter B, I would have quit the podcast. That's, um... I think you should quit this podcast now. Anyway. Shame, <laughs> man, shame. Or because I because I forgot to put something in the spreadsheet. Or... <laughs> uh, or just, I give, it, just I give you one point anyway. So there you go. And you have a point that I haven't quite worked out the system, but you have a point. Well done. 
Thank you. Good work. Uh, well, we've almost run out of time. Um, I know. To, How do we manage to drag this out for so long? I don't know. Um, in which case, shall we uh, shall we bump uh, the Michael Shannon actor factor yeah, to next time? Yeah, we should do that. Um, we are also doing look back at Oscar, right? We can do that um, at the same time. Yeah, so what are we doing for Look Back and Oscar next time, Zijan? We are doing Kramer versus Kramer, Meryl Streep and Dustin Hoffman. Excellent. Uh, I look forward to that, um, which means we move on to our final segment, the quiz. Uh, and at your behest, Zijan, we are quizzing about the, the John Wick films. Have you seen any of them? I've seen most of the first one. <laughs> um, I think I've I, seen the first one. I didn't hate it, but I kind of it was on TV and I... I don't know, I went to bed or something. I was like, the next day, I was like, no, I can't bother to watch the rest of this. Okay, that's <laughs> I fine. get it. Um, uh, let, kick, kick us off, Sejan, kick us off. Um, question one. Who does Lance Reddick play in all four John Wick films, sharing the name with the mythical ferryman of Hades? I'm giving some clues here. No idea. This. No, it's the guy who, you know, um, does the boat for On the River Sticks, right? Oh, that guy. Um, uh, no, no, I can't remember. It's uh, Charon. Cool. Oh, yes. Uh, question one for you. What's the name of John Wick's deceased wife? It begins the letter H. Okay. Do you have the other letters? It does, right? It does, yes, yes. Oh, no. I saw this. Uh, is, it, is it Heidi? Heidi. I'm going Heidi. Uh, it's Helen, I'm afraid. Ah, five letters. I knew yeah. it was five letters as well. First two letters are right. It's pretty good. Yeah, you, you, as I'm not going to give you point four of a point. No. I didn't watch the John Wick series either, so this is going to be interesting for both of us anyway. Yes. It's going to be one of those ones where everyone listening knows more about it than we do. Yeah, probably will. Yeah. Question two. The impetus for John Wick to get his revenge in the first movie was that his vintage car was stolen. What car was it? And I'm going to give you some leeway in this. You can give me as much leeway as you like. I don't think it's going to help. Um, was it a um, Ford Cortina? That was a Mustang. Fine. No, oh, I've got a Ford bit. Um, Not that much leeway. Mustang's a Ford, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> uh, what is the name of the planned spin-off starring Unity Feeden? That's the the ballerina. He is. Well, in fact, just ballerina, I think. But yes, you yeah, know that. you're going to love my other questions anyway. So. Okay. <laughs> Question three. At the end of John Wick Chapter 2, what term was used to describe John as he loses all access and privileges to underworld, underworld resources, similar to a religious censure? Oh, uh, I guess excommunicado, is it? Yep, that's correct. You see, I'll give you some clues because I didn't that's, know. I love these clues. I did see that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, question three. What is the name of the New York hotel that caters exclusively to the underworld? That's the Continental, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry for this one, Colin. Okay. Because I couldn't come up with better questions. Well, question four is, where does the film title Parabellum originate from? I'm uh, going to give you a few leeways on this as well. Where does it originate from? Well, where does it come from? You know, where does Canary say they got this name from? Parabellum. Oh, right. Uh, they were flicking through a dictionary looking for words they liked. No, if you were like, if you gave me like a Roman quotes or military quotes, that would, I would be happy with that as well. It's a 4th century Roman military quote, so it prepare for war. I would accept anything that's sim- close, closely related to that because I know it's a different that question. Been- yeah, I was no doubt. Probably there are John Wick fans not, who not actually know this um, Yeah, probably. I mean, it's the title of the third film, so I thought that it would be important. I could enough. have looked it up. I could have done, but instead, I went for a Walk in the Sun, John. Uh, I don't. I don't regret my choices. Uh, question four: What breed of dog is Daisy John Wick's first dog? Ah, oh, it's a tiny one. 
<laughs> go with a beagle. It is a beagle. Very Yay! Good. Which means you've won, I think, but I can uh, still... Uh, you can answer the last question. Uh, get some points. What's the name of the upcoming spin-off film? So in the John Wick uh, It's Ballerina. Yay. Um, so three, two, but have a have a last question to see if you can get four. Um, what relation is um, Yardani Yovonovich to John Wick? I'm assuming those J's are pronounced as Yar, but it could be Yardani Yovonovich. I think it must ah, be Yardani Yovonovich. I have no idea. Long lost daughter. Um, same person. That's his real name. Ah, brilliant. Of course. There you go. Good, Good question. Um, congratulations uh, on that victory. I don't actually know what that means for you. Does that put your head? Yep, by one. Oh, it's tense. Uh, what are we quizzing on next time? This was my suggestion, John Wick. Oh, it was. I should probably have come up with something. Um, <laughs> yeah, you probably uh, should. I probably should. Don't worry. Um, I can I can think on my feet. Oh, okay, all, good. All these, all yeah, all no these, pressure whatsoever. Huh. All these years of, uh, years of right um, improv training means that I am absolutely ready at the drop of a hat, Zijan, the very drop of a hat, to, to come up with something that we can... Um, I'm going to play the ukulele for our listeners now. Everyone, Oh yeah. please listen to this song while Colin uh, <laughs> takes his time. James Cameron films. Okay. No reason. It's a lot of films. What? Huh, it's going to be a lot of films. Are you really going to play the ukulele? No, well, no, not anymore. <laughs> well, on that professional note, um, we will, we will, uh, next time, what are we doing next time, Zijan, as our main topic? We are going to continue on um, S is our self-isolation and quarantine about films that we should watch in self-quarantine. Fantastic. It's going to be great. See you then. Bye.